Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer, a dating and makeover expert, where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. Are you dating with a hard shell wall around you and you don't even know it? I mean, you have the armor on so thick that you don't even realize that people who might be interested in you can't even make a dent in your armor or find an opening to get the opportunity to really know you. This wall that I speak of is a self-protective barrier a lot of times the ego puts up in place for your defense when meeting new people or you're in situations you find uncomfortable, stressful, or unfamiliar. A lot of times you're assessing their potential merit. Maybe you're looking at oh my gosh, is there harm or determining whether this is someone you want to know or let into your life and you almost like overthink it, right? These are unconscious default responses that are ever ready to avoid the pain of potentially reemerging past traumas. And when activated, they allow you to unconsciously or consciously retreat behind the walls, which makes it difficult to fully be present with potential partners, dates, relationships, and they make you seem not approachable. Now, how these walls manifest in everyday interactions really varies, and it it depends on the situation, who you're with, the people you're surrounded with, if it's you know trying to attract somebody you're interested in or not. But I find that when I'm working with clients, there are these kind of key areas that I see that almost leak that shows that you might be someone who's a little bit guarded and have those walls up. Okay, the first thing is your body language. And your body language could be where you're, first of all, you're not even aware of it. And remember, 93% of communication is nonverbal. So it's not even what you're saying, but it just is how you're coming across. You might appear stiff, tense, standoffish, maybe a little aloof. You might have these guarded movements like folding your arms, or maybe you're clutching something in front of your body. You're conveying almost this discomfort in your body. Also, it could be a lack of eye contact. You might be leaning away when someone's talking to you. Your shoulders might be hunched over. And and those all are giving signals that you are not approachable or want to be approached. And overall, you're giving the impression that you're placing barriers between yourself and other people with your body movements, where you place yourself, and the signals that you send. Okay, another way that I see this plays out that you might be putting the walls up is the way you communicate. You might respond to questions with jokes <laughs> or sarcasm and you try to change the subject because this is a way of deflecting some maybe of your, you know, real vulnerabilities or things that you're thinking about. You don't want to let people in, so you kind of deflect it. You never breach serious topics because you prefer to keep the mood lighthearted. And you pretend everything is fine instead of admitting when something is bothering you because you don't want to be the cause of any trouble or come across as clingy or overdramatic. Or you tend to keep conversations more superficial based in facts versus feelings or sharing personal information or stories. 
The third area is that you never really let people get that close to you or you have a backup plan. So it's almost like you keep people at arm's length. And even though you may like a person that you're meeting or dating, you might be attracted to that person. Either you have another person you're, you know, talking to, waiting in the wings for um, in case this doesn't work out or you might be scared. You know, you don't want to get too close because that is really scary for you. And there's some intimacy issues. Knowing you have other options might make you feel more comfortable with the possibility of a breakup or getting hurt. So you have one foot in, one foot out. If any of these things sound like you, you may have some walls up. And look, it makes sense to protect yourself, especially when you've been hurt in the past or some things have happened or you're going through some grieving. But in efforts of you trying to guard against getting hurt again, you are actually creating disconnected and unavailable connections with people that won't allow you to get close to anyone. So the very thing you fear, you may be creating. So today on the line, I have a woman who has her walls up after, well, she's experienced some grief in her life, and she is also a little more of an introvert, right? So she has both of these things going on, and it's causing some fears around opening herself up, and in turn, possibly not allowing men to approach her. So I am looking forward to helping her make a little bit of a dent in her love shield. Welcome, Sarah. Are you there? I am. Hi. Hi. Well, you're already breaking some of the shield around you by coming on this podcast. So first of all, congratulations. I'm so happy Thank you're here. You. I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I know you said you're a little nervous and I just love your vulnerability. But like I was saying, it's, I think so many people are going to relate to a lot of the things that you were sharing with me and I was excited to have you on. So maybe let's just start out by sharing a little bit about you and some of your, um, you know, dating and relationship experiences and where you are now. Okay. So I'm, um, trying to open up a more, um, my dating isn't existent actually right now, but, um, yeah, maybe share a little bit about just your past and your relationships that you've had, and then we can kind of go from there. The relationships I've had in the past are, um, they, I wasn't actually looking for them and I was, honestly, probably just as close off to entering them. Um, but they were persistent. So it happened. <laughs> and most recently, I was in a relationship for six years. Um, and we were engaged for two, but he recently passed away. And before that, the relationships I've had, I've always kind of gone into expecting them to end at some point. Oh. But still giving it my all. And then I'm afraid of wasting that much time again with another person. Um, and I am definitely standoffish and I don't recognize signs if somebody is hitting on me. I, if they were, I'd literally run away by turning around and walking away. I don't know. I don't mm -hmm. know. What else to say. Mm, yeah, no. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I'm so sorry. And I know we talked about this for your loss, but, and it also sounds like even before your last relationship, it, it's always kind of been hard. Um, so tell me a little bit more about that. It, is it that like in the past, because you were more, I know you were saying that you're a little more of an introvert. 
you have a hard time kind of initiating and sustaining like conversation that stuff. So would you rely more on the guy to kind of approach you and that kind of thing? That's the weird part is I didn't necessarily rely on a guy to approach me because I, I would talk to them. Um, I would approach them. It depended on how much I liked them. If I liked them a lot, mm-hmm. I wouldn't go any further. Or if I liked them, I, I would stop. But then if they kept persisting, that's how we ended up together. Uh, yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's common to be honest. You know, a lot of times if, you know, I call it more like reactive dating more than proactive dating. And when you're in an introvert and there's some fears, it makes sense why, you know, it would take somebody else to kind of make you feel a little more safe and, and wanted before you warmed up. So are you more like slow to warm up kind of girl? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um, you know what I didn't ask you and I was wondering, like when you were growing up, tell me a little bit more about your dating and like liking boys and stuff. Like, did you date when you were younger in high school and stuff? I did. I was so much more social in high school though, but it was interesting. You were talking about keeping somebody on the back burner. I definitely did that in high school. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. So what was your experiences like then? You said you were different. I was just more social. I wasn't, I was more of an extrovert than an introvert, honestly. And, um, hmm. and I guess that draw people in. So a lot of people were interested and I pretty much talked to all of them, but wasn't serious with any of them, which kind of plays a part in what I do now too, because I was told for a very long time that I leave people on and then friends zone them. <laughs> Oh, that is interesting. So can you pinpoint around the time where things started like changing, where you put more walls up and the fear started happening more? I've I've always had the walls since I was a child. Um, Mm -hmm. So even the people I dated, like I said, that's why I ended up leading them on because I would never let them fully in. And then at some point I would just, it would just be over. but I became more of an introvert and more walls went up by my early twenties. I see. Did something happen around that time? Uh, No. Yes. and No. Um, Yes, I guess. Cause I dated someone for four years and they cheated on me. (laughs) Oh, well that'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, cause you also were mentioning in the beginning that, you know, you, there was, a little bit of a, a a worry about guys leaving at some point, like, or are you just expecting that? Or I just expected it. Yeah. Um, I, this stems back to childhood. I, I've, I've honestly lost everyone <laughs> that I've loved. So that's part of the reason, obviously that I have guards up. Um, mm-hmm. I've lost a lot of people or between either abandonment or death. So I have abandonment issues and I have guards up for that. Um, so I can't lose someone if I don't let them in. Yeah. Uh, thanks for sharing. Okay. So that, yeah, that makes sense now though, if you've lost people early on, cause you know, these things play out later in life, but usually it stems from way, way back in childhood where something started, you know, back in, the, in your childhood. So you had people close to you leave or you had loss early on when you were a kid. Both. Oh, okay. Okay. Were these parental figures? Um, 
Yes. <laughs> Parental figures and just pretty much anyone I would get close to. And back then when you had lost those people, how would you cope? Like, how would you handle things? I acted as if it didn't happen and, and just kept living the, like it didn't happen. So that's where the foundation of the walls happened, huh? I guess. <laughs> yeah. Think about, yes. Well, and, and, and just to kind of make a connection for you, if, if you knew early on that there weren't people that you could, you know, really rely on or that people would leave or you would have a loss of some sort, you then started just going within, right. And bearing feelings, handling things yourself because getting close with someone and then losing them. And and this could even be friendships, you know, that right. that would be scary. And so it sounds like you just learned to kind of rely on yourself. And then the, the, the bricks just kept piling up as the years went by. Yes. And then, you know, I remember you sharing when we, we talked briefly, we had one call um, about also like your sense of femininity and, and I know you, well, <laughs> you want to share a little bit about that because that's part of the picture. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, she's in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, she is in there. She's, I think, buried in that brick wall down there somewhere. But what, so you said you were a little bit of a tomboy, right? That also? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, even growing up, I was, I always wanted to play with the boys and like work on cars and play sports. <laughs> even though I'm not good at those. And, um, but growing up though, I still dressed up like a girl. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that sucked. <laughs> right. But right. Now I'm an electrician. I work in a man's trade. And then there's that, the whole thing of, okay, well now I'm just, I have found in dating that I sometimes demasculate men, oh. which isn't feminine. <laughs> um, and what, yeah, what are some ways that that plays out that you've been told? Just how strong I am, like mentally and lo- I'm very logical and analytical. I'm, a, I'm an electrician. I have like a, just a logical mind and that's how I talk and that's not girly, I guess. <laughs> um, I don't know. There, there have been a lot of times that I've been better at manly things than men are, or mm. some of them. Not all of them, obviously. Yeah. Well, and, and you and I. Well, no, no that totally yes, and that totally makes sense too. Because if you think about it, that that's where your confidence lives too. Like you're good at your trade, right? Being an electrician, you, you you were good at more kind of the boy activities. You could kind of hang with them. I mean if you didn't have kind of role models around you with, you know, some of the feminine stuff and, and dressing aside, by the way, cause you and I talked about this too. It's not just about dressing the part, but it's also the way that you move in your body. It's the way that you're open to receiving. It's the way that you slow down and be in your emotions. You know, that that's part of the, like the feminine brain. And I think that that was also something that you, you know, you shared when it comes to flirting. right? (laughs) I walk around like I'm on a mission and I am oblivious to most of the people around me. Like, um, (laughs) definitely close off in my body language um and I do put off that so if I go out or something nobody approaches me because 
I'm <laughs> all the pretty much everything you just listed before you brought me on. I do all of those things uh-huh. um, with the body language. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I pull my arms over. I slouch my shoulders forward. I look down. I don't make eye contact. I walk super fast. Um, and then wonder why I missed any signals. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, the good news, Sarah, seriously, and I say this in all honesty, is that you're aware of that because so many people aren't even aware. And the fact that as I was listing it, you're like, check, 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 (laughs) you know, that's good news because that means that's something that can be worked on, honestly. And the good news about some of these outside stuff, like energy, body language, the way you dress, that's why I work from the outside in. Are, are tangible things that you can do that actually can get an instant result. Now, obviously, that coupled with getting more comfortable inside and in your skin, that's going to also play a factor. But I think I have some ideas for you, you know, that will kind of go over in the end. But this, this is... This is good to like hear about and know. And so, yeah, like when you're out in the wild, so to speak, obviously you're not meeting guys maybe for some of these reasons. Right. Got it. Okay. Fast forward to now, where are you at with men in general? Like, are you actually going on dates? I'm not going on dates, but I'm talking to them. Okay. Well, what does that mean? (laughs) I know my son say all the time, I'm, I'm just talking, but that is a different reference in the 20 year old language that it does. No, I mean, I'm actually talking. You're just talking to them. Okay. Okay. Romantic way. Um, sort of, there was one person I was talking to, but it's just not going to work out. So I'm not talking to him anymore. Um, but I, I just mean having a conversation and getting to know them hmm. But it's not sexual. OK. OK, good. All right. So and that's OK. And so when you're are you attracted to any of these guys that you're talking to? No. OK, <laughs> I'm not. I'm practicing talking. To you're them. practicing. No, I love that. I, I love that. And And what where are you that you're practicing these things? Like, where are you going? Because I joined the social club. So at those events. Uh huh. Um, I'll start talking to them and I don't know. I go into karaoke because I love to. Oh my God, <laughs> um, that's fantastic. I have stage uh-huh. fright though. It's, it's, as soon as people start looking at me, I want to run off the stage, but <laughs> um, and on the phone really mostly. Okay. I really like it. I really like that. Okay. Um, and then when you're going out and you're, you're talking, Um, like how, I don't know if you can assess this, but maybe just like try to recall some of the conversations you're having. What is the nature of the conversations that you're having? Like, do you know that, like, kind of the subjects? I mean, different subjects, but usually (laughs) like, um, nothing serious, Uh funny stuff or, or work or asking, you know, Things I'd like, but it's mostly um, sarcasm and jokes. Ah, so a lot of the things I said in the beginning. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. Well, at least we know so we're pinpointing some of the issues. This is a good thing. Okay. Um, and then are you conscious that you're doing that as a way of 
just kind of keeping things safe and surfacey like I didn't think about it that way I mean I know I'm doing it but I didn't think about it like that until you said it oh okay all right that that's good to know now what happens if you walk into a room or any of these events and see somebody you're attracted to like are, is there any I sat down I don't talk to those people okay <laughs> you don't talk to okay um and then when you're out like are you with friends are you alone um I'm usually I'm alone okay that's great though that you have the courage to do that though a lot Everyone of people keep telling me that but I've always done it <laughs> Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, honestly, there's so many people that wouldn't even go out of the house. So the fact that you're getting out there, you're going to friggin' carry Oki for God's sakes. I mean, I can't <laughs> think of a more scary thing for a lot of people. And you're, I mean, at least you're putting yourself out there. So I just, I, I guess I want to acknowledge also, and I don't know if you've even like praised yourself, just like be proud of the fact that you are trying, you are making efforts, you're joining social events, like you're, you're doing things to try to get out of this kind of funk that you've been in or the cocoon that you've been in. And I love that, you know? And so I think, you know, what I'd love to just suggest are some ways that you can start practicing breaking down the walls. Cause I think your mindset's really good. I think not really like formally thinking about dating right now is a good thing. I think you just practicing being social and then taking it one step at a time towards the people that you're attracted to, and then possibly entertain some dates down the line is a like a, I think a good route to go. Yeah. So, okay. Well, honestly, like, let's talk about these different areas because it seemed like the areas that I talked about in the beginning of the episode, you really resonated with and you know is happening. So I think we should just break it down into those three areas and let's just pick one thing that you can do in each of those areas as you go out in the world and practice and put some structure to it. Okay. Because- as you and I were talking, like you're like your electrician, like you like plans and you like outcomes, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. So let's, let's put this into a plan where there's an outcome. Something I can actually do to, to fix it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Right. You're like, just give me a formula so I can fix this yeah, thing. And... <laughs> exactly. A formula would be great. <laughs> right. Right. And I'm sure you listening can relate to this because everyone's like, okay, just give me the formula. Just give me formula. <laughs> um, well, and, and I'm saying it kind of tongue in cheek and lighthearted because I think sometimes when you're in this, you, you've had a lot of loss, you've had a lot of seriousness. I'd love for you to, experience socialization and dating as fun. Me too. That, yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? Like, I just it think, was. honestly, there's been so much heaviness with what you've gone through that the lightness, I think not only would provide just, just more levity in your life, but also hope. Because I think when you're in that state of seriousness, it, it could make you really shut down you know? And so I'm just, I want to ride the wave that you're on right now. Cause you're really like, you're, you're in that state of motivation. So, okay. Um, let's address the, the body language <laughs> for a second. Um, 
Yeah. So describe a little bit. So if you're walking into a room, like what would I see Sarah doing like with her body? Um, looking straight forward or straight down. <laughs> um, okay. Walking fast to if I'm depends on where I'm going. It doesn't matter where I'm going. I'm still going to walk fast. But like if I'm going out, I just pretty much go straight to the bar. <laughs> very fastly without making eye contact with anyone around me and then uh-huh. I sit at the bar order a drink and then look around for a second and then just stare at my drink for a while uh-huh. very awkwardly okay okay <laughs> okay and then how does the conversation like you said sometimes you'll have conversation right so, yeah, sometimes we will, but these are at social events that I'm going to expecting to be social uh-huh. versus the times that I just go out by myself um, and then have to force myself to be social. I see. Okay. Well, then let's distinguish between the two. And and this would pertain to the social event that, that you sign up for, right? Right. Like more structure. Okay. Yeah. I think I think we should start there. I think let's start with the more structured, you know, kind of places that you're going to. And the reason why that is, and if you're an introvert listening to this, or if you're like Sarah, one of the things that is helpful when you are an introvert is to have kind of a, uh, a feeling of purpose and, and roles, because like as an electrician, Sarah, you know, your role, you know, your identity, you know, the script, you know what to do. And when you're in this kind of public setting where there's no purpose it, it makes it more daunting. And so the fact that if everyone's going to the social event to mix and mingle and there's a purpose there, I just think it'd be easier to practice this stuff. And then like once you get good at it, then you can start practicing it out in the wild. But to your point, like that can just be, I think, harder. So let's let's do this plan with just the purposes of you practicing th- these things, these skills at these events. Does that make okay. it easier? Yeah. Okay. So wait, when's the next one? Just so that we have it on the calendar. Oh, so I'm, I did so many last week, so I'm taking some time off. Um, so oh. um, but uh, so it would be the New Year's Eve party is the next one I'm doing. Okay, that's awesome because you can kind of about 175 people there, I think. So, oh, there's a lot of people. Wait, but I have some ideas to make it a little bit smaller. All right. So, um, do you first of all know anybody who's going to the event? Um, yes, one person. Okay, good. So I don't feel super uncomfortable. Yeah, no, 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 that really helps. Okay. So, before. Okay. So the first thing is before you go to these social events, and this will pertain to your body language, and then we'll move on to the next category. I want you to do a little prep plan for yourself so that you're doing something that's in your body more versus your head, because you're very analytical as you were sharing. And I think, especially with what you do for a living, it, 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 that that's the energy right now. You're very analytical and left brain heavy. So I want to get you more into your body. And you and I talked off air about, I know, taking some dancing and doing some more sensual kind of things. Start with music. Like, do you like enjoy music? I do. 
So I would make I'm not a, a good dancer. <laughs> no, it, you don't have to be for yourself. Like this is just you alone, like in your place before you're going out. I give yourself at least an hour or two where you're decompressing from your day, when you're not, you know, coming off of work. And I want you to lay out a cute outfit that you're going to wear, you know, just get excited about it. Definitely something girly and, and something that you feel feminine in. And as you're getting ready, maybe make a playlist of songs that really get you going, like something that you like to dance to, bebop to, something that you can dance around the house to. And it's just okay. you, you, yourself and you, like nobody's watching. You know, I do this at my retreats all the time. Like everybody has to dance every time they enter a room. Like at first it's scary. And then by the third day they expect it. And they're like, why aren't we dancing? <laughs> you know? And so it is something to just kind of get used to. So um, you could start with just that. I mean, I recommend other things like maybe people like to just take a walk around the block. Um, maybe you want to take a bath, but something that just kind of eases your body and loosens, loosens me up. Totally. Totally. Loosens you up. Um, okay. And the mindset really at when you're going in is to just kind of flirt and have fun with everyone, no expectations. You're there to practice and don't think of anything past what the party is. You know, like, just don't think of anything mm -hmm. beyond that. So now when you're going in with your friend, really make it a point to not just talk to your friend and cackle with her in the corner. It's really important. Thank you for telling me that. Because, <laughs> because why? So now I got to make it a rule and I won't do it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. I'm putting these rules into place and we're just going to start with this as an experiment. So the re what I'd like for you to do. And even if you need to like set your watch every, I don't know, 20 minutes, you and your friend go to a different place in the room and plop yourself next to some guys th that happen <laughs> to be seriously, because so much of it is about positioning, right? Like okay. no, no guy is going to walk across a room uh, like, you know, with two women who are cackling with each other in the corner, talking about how they don't want to talk to anyone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they feel yeah. that energy. So you have to be very strategic and intentional where you position your body. Okay. Okay. All right. So we got the date prep plan. You're going to be more in your body. You're going to position yourself and rotate every 20 minutes around the room and place yourself next to guys and just start you know, chit-chatting. But before you start chit-chatting, I just want you to walk around the room, make eye contact, slow down and smile. That's it. As okay. it's, think of it as like you're gliding across the floor. You're doing like almost like a ballroom dance. And all you're doing is just noticing who's noticing you. And just wake up, like look in, look in the world, see what's around you, see who's looking at you and try and even you can like gamify it for yourself, but try to hold the gaze when a guy checks you out or looks your way and just acknowledge him and say hi with your eyes back. Okay. And I would honestly just start with that. They're like, don't worry about conversation. Maybe if you want to spend the first 20 minutes, just you and your friend doing that. 
like, oh, hey, like, let's just kind of look around the room, get a drink, settle in and just, yeah, acknowledge the world. Okay. How did, well, for. <laughs> I'm writing, okay, tell... I'm writing this down. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. Uh, but how is this feeling? How, so far? <laughs> how is how it feeling? Feel yeah. Um, Nerve wracking, but kind of exciting. Awesome. That's how I want you feeling. Yeah. And that's really honest. Um, I'm like, okay, okay, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, because I really start small because you tell me what I would see is like not making eye contact, that you'd be walking fast, you'd be darting to the bar. Let's right. just just work very simple. You're going to work on the eye contact and slowing down. And that's all that that's it. We can always add to it later on. But just just that, because I think just by doing that, you'll open opportunities into conversations. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> so the, the second category is just the conversation, right? And so once we get you more relaxed in your body, slowing down, working on just making eye contact and smiling, the communication piece, what I'd like for you to try to do is when you're having conversations, try to share at least one story about yourself, something that happened to you. It doesn't have to be serious, Sarah. It could be just a little snippet of something funny that happened to you. It could be a story about a subject that you guys are talking about. And it doesn't have to be a huge story, but just allow guys in with your personal story rather than keeping it surfacy. And for God's sakes, do not talk about work, please. Will you do me a favor and not talk? Okay. Hold on. I'll put that in capital letters, capital letters, <laughs> highlight it, bold it. And for you listening, if you are someone who always talks about work, don't do it. it it's the worst. It's a buzzkill. It, it brings everybody into this serious masculine energy. And now you're just talking about work. Okay. And this is, okay. by the way, a way of kind of practicing the feminine flair and the feminine communication, because it's more about connecting through emotions and stories rather than facts. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. All right. Awesome. All right. So, so story, not just facts. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like if I were to say to you, Sarah, tell me a, a story about ice cream. What would you tell me? Oh, there's, um, I have a favorite ice cream place that has cows in it and they make the milk from there. But that, see, that's, a, is that a fact? <laughs> well, no, no, no. This is a really good story. No, I want to hear more and tell me like how you know about this place. Did you tell me a little more um, context? I used, to, I used to visit my, I'm originally from Virginia and moved to Massachusetts like when I was 18. But when I was a teenager, I used to come up for the summers and my aunt would bring me and my sister there to see the cows and buy the fresh milk and eat the ice cream. Oh my God. See, Sarah, that's a beautiful story. And the one thing I would add to it is how did you feel when you went to that ice cream place? I'm happy I was eating ice cream. There you go. <laughs> and that's the story. And that's the story. And, and see, what's so beautiful about that is it's it's sharing a snippet of your life where you felt happy in association to a memory with your family. 
And that's an example. Yeah, that's an example of something that is more personal rather than, yeah, I like vanilla ice cream. (laughs) Right? Like that would be the opposite. Or, (laughs) yeah, I know this place growing up. It was pretty cool. Right? The more you expand, the more you share about your emotions and the context to why you're sharing the story, that is what matters. And that is going to spur on stories of the receiver. So if you're talking to a guy about that, and then he might have questions about you growing up, maybe you get into more of a personal kind of conversation. And I want you just getting used to that. Okay. And honestly, when you get home that night, just journal how that felt how it felt to navigate the room, to slow down, to share personal stories. Did anybody like, did you make a meaningful connection with anybody that would like to like follow up with you? It could be a a friend, a new friend that you made. It could be a, a love interest. But I think after that experience, what I would do is then try to do that more times in other settings and then just do that for a while. And I think the name of the game is really that consistency and that intention and also like practicing the skills versus worrying about what's next. And then if all goes well over time, I'll be a little more open, maybe. Exactly. Then you'll start making a dent in your love shield because as you allow more people in with your body language, with your conversation, people are going to feel you more and you're going to start making more meaningful connections. But then what will start creeping up is you have to feel into fear around the intimacy piece because of your issues. And that's where the deeper work happens. But I wouldn't worry about that right now. Like that's, that's. Yeah, I was like, I'll just stick to this for now. (laughs) I was going to say that's way down the road. And and for you listening, like, I think that's what stops you a lot of times is you think of that bigger thing by just hovering here and, and just feeling good you'll get to know like whether or not in maybe two, three months that then you can kind of up the ante a little bit and allow people in even more with different things. Yeah. Tell me about what you're thinking and what, what, what is coming up for you with all this. What I'm thinking. I don't know. Um, A lot. I'm trying to, conversation part is going to be a little scary. Uh, it's all going to be a little scary, but sure. I think I can do it. I, I don't know. Um, I'm glad um, that you gave me actual steps that I could do. Mm-hmm. So I'm super excited about that because then I won't be in my head as much. Yeah. Because I'll know what I'm supposed to be doing. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, good. And, you know, Sarah, you impressed me because, you know, I, I, throughout this episode, I've been asking you about how you're feeling and you're able to access it really, you know, the more you can practice talking about how you feel about things, you'll allow more people into your life and you can't ward against hurt by not allowing people in, you know, every, everyone is going to get hurt. Everyone has gotten hurt. 
but it's how you deal with it. It's, it's your resilience with it. And it's also filtering through the people in your life who serve you, who can, you know, also be good for you versus, you know, people who are not. And the good people will, be, will definitely be receptive to it. And I think you'll feel more fulfilled with all these connections. I hope so. Yeah. Well, I know so. So don't, <laughs> don't give up. <laughs> don't give up. And I'm, I'm just, I'm super proud of you that you came on, that you're open to this. And I will definitely be excited to hear how this all went. All right. Great. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you for joining us today. This has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, of course, Kimmy Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And if you're finding your defensive walls up when trying to connect with people and want help getting over some fears, hop on a call with me to see how I can help you become more available for love. Imagine just getting some ideas of breaking this cycle you've been dealing with for so long just in one call. And if you want to do that, click the link you see in the show notes to book that. And remember, working on you is working on your dating life. That's all for now.